0: Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor spotlights the gift of mercy.
1: If you have the gift of mercy, you tend to live more on a feelings level. You, You might be known as someone sensitive to feelings, or you might be known as someone that is always talking about their feelings, and you feel a lot. That's how God uses you. You can feel things that other people don't feel. You often express your decisions in life by saying things like, I feel that that's the best thing to do, or I don't feel that that is right. Or, I felt like I should come over and talk to you or send you this text. And that's how you express yourself. Now, you've become sensitive in ways that many people aren't. Why? Because God has gifted you with a gift of mercy. And mercy is given through the emotions. That's how you connect with someone.
0: This is amazing grace. time for Abounding Grace. Thanks for tuning our way as we get back into Pastor Ed's new series on the Holy Spirit. We've been exploring the seven motivational spiritual gifts in Romans 12, and today it's the gift of mercy that receives our attention. Are you someone that has a special sensitivity to human needs? You're quick to show compassion when someone is hurting and desperately want to encourage them. Well, it's likely you've been given this gift of mercy.
1: Here's Ed to tell us all about it. We're coming up on the very last of the seven motivational spiritual gifts that for every single believer on the planet Earth, God has given to you at least one of these gifts. One is really the primary. And then you may find yourself operating in other gifts uh, in a secondary way. But these are the gifts in their totality that represents the very presence of Jesus Christ Christ through the church to a lost and dying world. Remember, the gifts aren't just for the church. This isn't a Bible study series to start stirring up people to serve within the church, although that is going to be a byproduct, because you will find that you're needed in your church. You're needed in this church. And serving within the body is great practice for most of the time you spend outside of this building. Most of the time you spend at home with your family or at work or in your community. The gifts need to be manifested on the earth, not just in a geographical location that we gather together to worship God. You're here to be built up. You're here to be strengthened. This is a great place to practice, like I say. But the real test is when you're launched off and you're sent out into the world in which God has placed you. We've defined each of the gifts with a phrase. And for those of you taking notes to review, the gift of prophecy we defined as declaring the truth. The gift of ministry and service we defined as practicing the truth. Teaching is explaining the truth. Exhortation is applying the truth. Giving is supporting the truth. The gift of leading or administration is organizing the truth. And now, today, at the end of verse 8, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, mercy is ministering the truth in a real practical way. Mercy literally means to show compassion or to be merciful. The general meaning is to have compassion or mercy on a person who's in very unhappy circumstances. It refers to those that are gifted by God to serve others that are in need by deeply connecting with them in empathy and compassion. So the gift of mercy is really a connecting gift, uh, an edification gift. And God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to come alongside others to help encourage, build up, and help in tough times. You know, a person with the gift of mercy are generally moved by human need. You have a special sensitivity to human need. You tend to be moved to heal, bring healing into someone's life, to deliver someone out of a situation A lot of times people with the gift of mercy, they get so frustrated because there's really nothing they can do to help. They want to take the person out of the consequences of their bad decision or whatever they're in, but know that all they can really help is by praying, coming alongside and encouraging. But people with the gift of mercy, that's not enough. You have a tendency to want to deliver someone and even help restore The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 that if you see a brother overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, come alongside of them and restore them in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. That's a real important verse for people with the gift of mercy. You have a desire to restore people to wholeness, to see marriages restored, to see relationships restored, to see people restored into a relationship with God himself. The person with the gift of mercy often identifies with people who are hurting, and they carefully and tenderly enter into people's lives and try to help bring healing to those that are battered and bruised, both physically and spiritually. You might even see people with the gift of mercy walking around, eyes wide open, sort of looking for someone, and if you just turn away for a couple seconds and turn back, there they are praying with someone. Or there they are crying with someone. A second ago they were walking around, but now that they found somebody that they can connect with, you find them praying or crying or, you know, their heads are down together talking about the serious things in life. The gifted believer who shows mercy is divinely sensitive to suffering and sorrow. And they have a keen ability to notice misery and distress in people's lives. You always seem to find a way to express your feelings with very practical help to people that are hurting. People with the gift of mercy seem to be surrounded by people that are hurting and people that are struggling. And you seem—you're able to connect with them in a powerful way. People with the gift of mercy are known as very empathetic people. Now, you guys know the difference between sympathy and empathy. They're very different, although they're very common. They overlap one another sympathy is you see someone in pain you see somebody hurting and you feel bad for them or you feel sorry for them it pains you i don't mean the kind of sympathy that's not real it's real and genuine you see someone in pain and it automatically pricks your emotions and and you feel bad for them you feel bad for their situation and you might even go into prayer for them or ask god or even be moved to give but empathy is a little bit more than sympathy Empathy begins with feeling bad with, for someone, but then it ends with feeling bad with someone, where you're right there walking alongside of them. It's one thing to feel sympathy, and many of us do for those that are colleagues and our friends and our family, but people with the gift of mercy are empathetic, whereby they go around really feeling bad with people. You actually feel people's hurts. Often people with the gift of mercy Feel vicariously. Now, that's a fancy word. You might even hear hear that word vicarious referring to the cross of Jesus Christ, where he died vicariously for us. It simply means in place of. And people with the gift of mercy have a sense of feeling pain in place of the pain that the person's experiencing and actually carry the troubles with them. You share in their burden. The sight or the thought of people hurting makes you hurt. And you want to reach out and help right away. An extremely sensitive person. Those with the gift of mercy, when they see other people hurting, may actually develop in their lives something that's known as sympathetic pain. And what that refers to is that as you're helping someone with this gift, you actually feel more pain than the person that's going through the situation themselves. But you're not going through anything. But it so hurts you. That it's not uncommon to describe the pain you're going through is more than the person that's experiencing the pain themselves. The gift of mercy. Nothing's really happened to you, but because someone around you is hurting big time, you feel the same pain or more. And because you're full of sympathy, you may even find yourself, a person with the gift of mercy cries a lot. Tears up a lot. Just hearing about things, let alone being involved in them. And by the way, you may have been a believer for a long time and you've been gifted with this gift for a long time and because of your sensitivity and emotion and you cry a lot you may have even found that people have made fun of you for being you know you might be called a crybaby. and because of that you've kind of repressed this gift and pulled it back because after all who wants to be made fun of you know we thought we left the bullies on the schoolyard in high school but that's not true bullies that aren't repentant they grow up to be adult bullies And name callers and trying to make you feel bad for the sake that you're, for the sake that you're a very emotional person, and you do cry a lot, and you cry because you're feeling something. You're emotional, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't let anyone make fun of you because you're obeying the word when it says to weep with those that weep. Yes, the Bible says to rejoice with those that rejoice, but there are those among us that weep with others that weep. That's from the Lord. He's gifted you that way. If you have the gift of mercy, you tend to live more on a feelings level. You you might be known as someone sensitive to feelings, or you might be known as someone that is always talking about their feelings, and you feel a lot. That's how God uses you. You can feel things that other people don't feel. You often express your decisions in life by saying things like, I feel that that's the best thing to do, or I don't feel that that is right. Or, I felt like I should come over and talk to you or send you this text. And that's how you express yourself. Now, we'll get to some warnings in a moment of how difficult living on the feeling plane can be. But you've become, you've become sensitive in ways that many people aren't. Why? Because God has gifted you with a gift of mercy. And mercy is given through the emotions. That's how you connect with someone. It's hard to encourage someone with just words although God can use that. And it's hard to encourage someone just to give them a book to read, although God can use that as well. And then when you're in a deep, deep difficulty, what God will do with some, maybe he'll bring, maybe she'll bring a book in her hand, but someone with the gift of mercy will come on and set the stage for you to take that book home. And the way that they set the stage is they connect with you on the level of emotions. Another thing that people, another thing that you might've been made fun of or even shunned because you're an emotional person. Listen, given the, right, given the right constraint by the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit, emotions are a good thing. We need, we need more sensitive people in the world today, don't you think? We got enough cynical, mean-spirited, hard-hearted people. It's good to have some sensitive, caring, loving people in the world today. And that may just be you. As you're tuned into your feelings, God often uses this as a way of working through you to minister to his kids and bring the gospel to a lost and hurting world. I would dare say that many of you, we won't won't lift our hands, but many of you came to know Jesus Christ because of a significant crisis in your life that caused you to feel things you never felt before. And you started examining religion. And you started examining that church on the corner. And you started looking for answers. Why? Because you were crushed on the emotional level. And God met you there. Man, God will use emotions to get you to know the truth. Now, emotions don't save a person. But they can certainly open hearts to the truth of the gospel. That you and I are sinners separated from God. And he sent his own son Jesus Christ to die for us. So that by faith in him, turning away from your sin and turning toward Jesus Christ. I mean, you could be here today and that's why you're here. That's why you're listening on the radio or on the internet right now because your emotions have got the best of you and, and, and the situation is heavy and hard and you are crying your tears out. Like the psalmist says, your pillow is filled with tears and God is here to declare to you through a, just a human mouth that he loves you, that he cares for you and there is hope in him. There's hope in him. You can make it through this crisis by turning your life toward him and surrendering your life to him and expressing your love toward him. Because you're so in tune with your emotions, it comes with a need to feel loved and appreciated for what you've done within the body. And and you can get a little upset when you don't feel loved or when you don't feel recognized, but that's just something you have to sort out with the Lord because what does the Bible say? God knows what you do for him. And you might be more on that emotional side, but that's part of, you might be going, you know, that's me. I, I want to feel loved and appreciated. And, and that's a good thing. It's okay to want to be loved and appreciated. But you have to be careful when it's not given to you. We'll get into that a little bit later. It's so that for this reason though, because you love to be loved and appreciated and you understand that, it's for this reason that you find yourself so drawn uh, in people that are wounded and emotionally hurting have a magic, magnetic attraction to you because they see in you your ability to help them. And the Holy Spirit entrusts your spiritual care of these men and women so that you might lead them to the cross of Jesus Christ. Again, that speaks of a danger that we'll get to later. Men and women with the gift of mercy are often what we would call the compassionate ones. You might be known as compassionate and caring. That might be your reputation. You just have a great listening ear. And you, you know, you, somebody walks away from you, whereas a person with the gift of teaching would hear a few things and say, well, this is what you need to do. And then you walk away and go, well, man, I didn't want to know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. I just want somebody to listen. Well, pray for someone with the gift of mercy because they're super good at listening and just sitting there, receiving what you have to say and not giving a lot of feedback and not giving a lot of direction, but just simply, yeah, I understand how you feel. Let's pray. People with the gift of mercy are so compassionate that down and out people are attracted to you. You are surrounded by the down and out. And God uses you to encourage them and get them back on track. Not just the down and out people though. You're so compassionate, but all the down and out dogs, cats, and even a few birds with broken wings show up at your front door. Can you help me? And you do, like some of you are going, man, a cat just came to my house last night. I know, I know. Cats don't come to my house, I'll tell you that. (laughs) The word is out in our neighborhood. That brother has no mercy on cats. But for you, I mean, even, even, you, you are pricked even at the hurt of animals because of that merciful gift in you. And you just love to nurse people, even animals, back to health. When people with the gift of mercy are watching television and one of those ads come on of, of sick kids or, you know, third world country orphans, your heart is immediately connected to them. And you begin to think, no, I don't just want to support one. I wonder if I can support 10. And then you turn to your, turn to your spouse or to someone in your house and you go, I wonder if we can just support them all and they won't have to run ads anymore. Because your heart is connected. You hear a mission trip announced and you hear that it's going to involve kids and kids in needs and immediately you go, I got to go. I don't know if I can, I got to go. I've got to help them. This gifting of mercy motivates you to move onto the mission field and serve those that are desperately need Jesus. Many times men and women with this spiritual gift find themselves gravitating to careers in what is known as caring professions. Professions like nurses, doctors, dentists, social work, things that have to do with people. Things that have to do with continually caring for people and serving people. You devote your life to helping people get better and work through the problems in your life. Even if that's your career, you do it as unto the Lord. And that's what really gives you joy. It exhausts you, but it also gives you great joy to be able to step into someone's life and really help them become whole. And of course, in the workforce, you're wanting people to become whole and then take them to the cross as the doors open. Typically, those with the gift of mercy are what we would call today the modern-day Good Samaritans. Now, Jesus gave a parable that we know as the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we get a lot of great truths that come from that, that parable. For example, one of the great biblical spiritual truths for our lives is not to be prejudiced. Because he makes the hero of, the, of this parable a Samaritan. But, but in the eyes and the hearts of the Jewish people, Samaritans were not heroes. They were prejudiced against them because of their nationality and, and how they came about. But Jesus shares the story and says, Look, look! I want you to know something. I don't see people like you see people. I see people uh, for who they are and what they can become. I don't, look, I don't look at their nationality. I don't look at the color of their skin. I don't, I don't look that way. And so he makes, I mean, he's... Jesus is so amazing. He makes a Samaritan the hero. Because the guys that, you know, one of the other lessons we get is how you can become religious and just not care anymore. You know, because this guy, he's on his way. Uh, he gets beat up, and he's thrown into the ditch, and then a religious guy comes by, ignores him. Another religious guy comes. You know, religion ignores need. When you become religious, you, don't, you just don't care about needs. You care about yourself. But the Samaritan, well, the biggest story that we get, though is if you want to understand what it looks like to be merciful, the good Samaritan is a merciful man. As he comes and he helps the guy that's beat up, puts him on, takes him to get taken care of, leaves some money there and says, hey, if he needs any more help, just put it on my tab. I'll I'll pay everything you need when I get back. Because he was moved by human need, moved to great sacrifice, no matter what would happen, no matter how people would see him. Something just tugs at your heart those of you with the gift of mercy, when you see a homeless person, when you see a, a a car break down, you know, or a traffic accident, you immediately get out to see if you can help. I mean, the way it would look today, you know, the way it would look today. Well, let me let me show you what I mean. Go turn to Acts chapter three for a minute. Acts chapter three. I want to look at it in the life of the church, and I'm going to back into the life of Jesus, because Jesus passed on the ministry of mercy to his apostles. And we see it all over the early church, all over the book of Acts. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, humility, kindness, meekness, long-suffering, put these on like a garment, walk around with tender mercies, And we know that Jesus' ministry of mercy was handed down to them because here in chapter 3, it says in Acts, Peter and John went up together to the temple at at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. I believe this man was at the gate often, and I, I think that even Jesus would have passed him by going into the gate beautiful. I don't think this was a new thing. I think he was there. But today was a new day. And today, the operation of mercy was activated within Peter and John, and, and they saw this man and stopped. They stopped out of human need as he asked for help and and it would be the equivalent of, of you and you know you coming to this building to worship with the church. You probably come to the same service you probably have a routine in the morning, what time you wake up, whether you have breakfast, you know, you, the, the late service, you probably have breakfast first, then you come to service, and then you kind of plan your day. The, the other services, they have the routine, and you're there, and you come to church the same way. You make the same turns, and some of you, you hop on 470, or you hop on 25 or 225, and the same off-ramp, at the same place, is the same guy asking for money. And there he is with his cardboard sign standing there, and it has the same thing. It's said every week, and there you are. You pass by. But for those of you that have the gift of mercy, it's hard for you to pass him by. I know you see him every week, but it's hard. Your heart goes out to him. You actually read the sign. You go, man, this is a vet. He's struggling right now. And every single week, you give him something. You might give him a few dollars. You might give him a blanket. Sometimes, those with the gift of mercy, they not just give, they pull over and talk to him for about 10 minutes. How are you doing? Everything all right with your life? I mean, I mean, what's the, what's the issue in your life? And you start, to, you start to just, hey, man, I don't know how many people you see in a day, but I just wanted you to know that Jesus loves you and and that the gift of mercy. Now, that doesn't mean if you pass them by that you don't care. That's just not what activates you. The Holy Spirit might have you stop and the Holy Spirit might have you give, but people with the gift of mercy have a hard time not stopping. They have a hard time not reading that sign. I mean, some of you, you're like, man, I, I just want... You, you're you passing by, and you're done giving him everything you have. And now you're like, man, I think I need to do a new sign for that brother. Do you, have, Honey, do you have any wood? Can you make a nice little sign? We can hang it around. I mean, you're just thinking of how to help. That's how this is today. Now, it says in verse 4, they fixed eyes on him with John and Peter. And they said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have... I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet, his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood, walked, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God, verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. And you guys know the rest of the story. That healing opened up the door for Peter to share the second, his second gospel message.
0: This is Abounding Grace with our Bible teacher and pastor, Ed Taylor. To give this study on the Holy Spirit a second listen, all you need to do is call and request a CD copy. Reach us toll free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or go online to CalvaryAurora.org. Again, we're at CalvaryAurora.org. We'd like to get a wonderful resource into your hands. They're bookmarks that will help you remember the components of each of the spiritual gifts we're currently looking at on Abounding Grace. And they're absolutely free and accessible through our website. Download and print out as many as you'd like so you can give some away and help others discover and use their gifts. That's waiting for you at calvaryaurora.org slash gifts Do you, like so many, have questions about why God allows difficult things into our lives? Or maybe you're mourning a loss or just want a clearer picture of God's heart for those in pain. If so, The Prisoner in the Third Cell by Gene Edwards is a must-read. In it, the author explores the life and death of John the Baptist. You'll look at the seemingly unfairness of John's situation in prison and the heart of God in the midst of it all. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, large or small, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org. We'll return to the subject of the Holy Spirit next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing grace.